Hey there, this is Danny Sunshine Bauer from Better Leaders, Better Schools, and the School Leadership Series, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual hosts. Make sure you check out all the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. And get ready because the learning begins in three, two, one. Hey, podcast people. Today's episode is a continuation of our lesson plan theme episode 35. In this episode, we're going to talk about grabbing our students' attention and reflecting on the lessons we plan. This is Podcast PD, the show that provides you with anytime, anywhere professional development. Our conversations and guests will provide you with the learning you might get in a faculty meeting or on a PD day. Except you'll have more fun with Stacey Lindis, Chris Nessie, and me, AJ Bianco. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 36 of Podcast PD. We are so glad you guys are joining us today. As you heard in the teaser, we'll be continuing episode 35. So if you didn't listen to that one, maybe you want to go back a little bit and then come back to this one. But if you don't, that's cool. We'll catch you up. Uh, I'm here with my awesome co-hosts, Chris Vernessi and Stacey Lindez. So Christopher, what's going on? I am doing well. We are a couple weeks into the school year. With everything that I'm doing, I haven't gone crazy. Um, three classes a week at Rutgers, six new classes at the high school, student teacher, yeah, two kids, married, still everything is still working out just just fine. <laughs> How are you? Things are good on my end. I- I'm with you, man. I mean, like two kids, lessons, teaching, sports, football, baseball, like everything. Everything is everything. But you know, think things are good on this end. Stacy, your turn. What's up? Uh, not much. Getting over a hectic. Um, not even first full week of school yet here in New Jersey. We won't have a first full week until the end of September. Crazy, right? But um, so I had off on Monday and uh, then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I had meetings at my younger son's school. So PTA, education fund, and then um, back to school night. So that was really cool. I love a good back to school night and I'm super excited because my second son has the same teacher for sixth grade that my older son had for fourth grade. So um, it was a nice reunion um, and it was in a really good place. So that just put me, puts me at ease because she's just a phenomenal teacher. And then this week coming up, I have a board of education meeting and another back to school night. So busy, busy, busy as always. Yeah, seriously. Once October hits for both, for all of us, I think we're on the same boat. We're going to be exhausted in October when we start teaching full weeks. Oh my God, it's going to stink. Do you guys have your back to school nights yet? My back to school night is in two weeks. My back to school night, actually, I got an email today that back to school night was moved for reasons not explained to the teachers, but they moved it. They moved it from a Thursday to a Tuesday, which is still a Rutgers day for me, so I will not be in attendance. So today, so today we are going to be continuing um, where we left off in episode 35 we're going to be shifting the conversation a little bit from how we plan to grabbing attention and reflecting on the lessons that we plan. So who wants to get started? 
Obviously, we're going to hit on grabbing attention and, and reflecting. So let's take a look at how we grab and maintain student attention. So we have a, a couple of things here in our notes, and let, let's get our thoughts on what these mean and how we actually have done them or still currently do them. So first up, using random selection in calling upon our students. I think it's a good idea. I, I don't personally, I don't use it very often um, unless there's that moment where I need to, you know, choose groups or if I need to figure out a, an actual group to present first, I don't really, I don't, I don't really believe in the, the random selection. I feel like it's just, I feel like it's silly. You know, if I, in my classroom, if I want my students to speak, we have the relationship where, and the trust that they're going to speak. And I will try to urge other students to speak up because I know they have a good answer, but I don't like the random selection. I gotta be honest. Well, I mean, this also ties in with the idea, and and this is the second thing, so we can put them together, you know, varying who we call on and how we call on them. And and I certainly agree with what you're starting with, AJ, and that's, you know, I've never used like the popsicle stick method or an app to randomly generate a name to maybe awkwardly put a kid on the spot. So I I try to read the room and and actually we talked about before we recorded or, or started recording the idea of wait time. And employing that method of instruction to when you ask a question, not to immediately follow it up with something, but to actually, you know, sometimes dead air, we wouldn't want to do that here on the podcast, but dead air in our classroom is certainly a good thing and an opportunity to let the thoughts develop for our students, whether they are quick thinking or it takes them a little longer to process and and get their ideas and their thoughts together. So. Random selection, I think, could be bad, but obviously you want to share the wealth and make sure you're getting as many kids involved as possible. I don't know. I have a couple of thoughts on that. So, like, I did do random selection with popsicle sticks, and the kids were numbered, and it correlated to their mailbox number and the numbers that showed up everywhere for them throughout the classroom. But before I would do it, I would tell them that that's how I was going to select them so that it got them all thinking, you know, like, especially when I could see energy fall in a lesson. Um, I might say, you know, um, you know, I could, I could call in anyway. I might go to the cup. I'm going to go to the cup, but all of you are responsible for thinking about what your answer is going to be right now. And I, I just think that it, you know, like, especially like for, for my littles, when they were sitting on the floor, you know, their, their butts are getting a little numb or whatever. So just kind of like get their brains thinking while they're, while their tissues are getting numb. But, um, and like what you're saying, like, like vary who you call on. One thought I had about that is like, yeah, you want to vary that, but you also want to plan for that sometimes, you know, you, you know, who might add to the conversation or steer it in a different direction or add some of that outside of the box thinking. And I think that that's really important too. Um, when you're thinking about how you want conversation to flow in your classroom, um, as organic as it should be, I think that a lot of times uh, a little fertilizer with that chatty kid or that quirky kid or that kid who asks a lot of questions might help facilitate a conversation in a direction that you weren't expecting. I, I like the way you put that. I like the the metaphor of the fertilizer. You know, it, it should seem organic to the students. But really, we're kind of like the puppet master or the farmer, kind of making things happen and making things happen. 
Yeah. And, you know, you talk about wait time and it's just so key. I know, um, like in interviews, I take a, I'm very deliberate about my wait time. And I say interviews like I've had them so recently. I have not had an interview in seven years, but, you know, just really thinking through like, what is the question that's being asked and thinking through your response. And, you know, last year, my assistant principals did this like PD series that was called APPD. And every month they would get together and we would talk about, um, I know we mentioned this in the last episode, Danielson and, and the lesson planning involved in there and the evaluation process. We don't focus on all of the things in Danielson when we do our evaluations at the end of the year, or even when we're doing our write-ups for each, each um, evaluation or observation. So what they focused on was some of the things that we don't necessarily focus on when we're being observed. Um, so asking questions and that, that like those, um, for lack of a better word, sometimes the things that are kind of thrown in the background um, in our lesson planning, like those are the things that we focus on. And one of the things we really talked about was, like you said, wait time, but also second wait time. So when a kid gives their response, not necessarily jumping in with like, yes, and who else wants to add on to that or, you know, um, or even affirming, but just allowing them to like think through what they just said and then continue with their response if they have more to add. And the more you build that into your practice, the less uncomfortable it feels because you know, and I know that like sometimes that dead air can feel really uncomfortable. Yeah. That wait time for me. I, I mean, I understand the concept of wait time. It's always been the hard part for me in my classroom. Cause like, I'm just want to be like, okay, so let's keep going. Let's get, let's get the conversation going. Who else wants to add, you know, what else, what other thoughts do you have? So I, I know how important wait time is. And I remember the first time I heard about wait time, I was like, why, why would I do that? Like, Same. why would I want my classroom to be quiet? Like if they're looking at me <laughs> and I'm not saying a word, they're not going to say a word back to me. So I, I think wait time is a very underrated practice and i believe it's something that a lot of great teachers master you know and i really think that makes a classroom really powerful so aj one of the things that um you know to kind of get build that practice up one of the teachers talked about how like they would always carry a water bottle with them and they would take a sip of water and we talked about how it was like a water break wait time or something like that so like as you're hydrating which is always really important you're also allowing your kids to like sit and think about their answers. And then, you know, you're not jumping into like calling on someone or whatever. Stacy, I really like that idea of drinking the water. I think hydrating is super important on, on a personal note. I've been drinking more water in my classroom already this year. So that's good. I've actually even lost a couple of pounds, which is, you know, even better. Me but too, if me I, too. Nice. But if I could go back for just one second to the popsicle sticks, is it something you do or did when you were with your littles in, in every lesson or were there other strategies that you used? So popsicle sticks, like I said, I would employ um, sparingly because it, because it is uncomfortable to be put on the spot like that, especially if you don't have any warning. But a lot of times I would just have them, you know, turn and talk to one another. And then um, again, I'm talking about little people. So we would sit in the meeting area and I'd have my easel and, you know, as classrooms have changed, there might be, you know, an interactive whiteboard or some type of monitor that the kids are sitting in front of or however you structure it. But if, when your kids are like when my kids were on the floor, I would set them up. A, I called buses 
And so they would be in partnerships two by two, and then there'd be an aisle down the center so that no matter where I was in the classroom, I could walk down and like listen to both sides of the bus and like the partnerships on the left I could listen to and I could listen to the partnerships on the right. And sometimes I would um, take notes on what they were like the responses that they had. And then I would pick some of the more thoughtful ones or I'd pick some of the more confusing ones or again, you know, fertilizing the conversation, the things that are going to spark authentic conversation in the classroom. And then um, the other thing is like, I would just let that be their opportunity to respond to one another in the classroom. So that always worked out really, really well for me. Just having the kids sit two by two with a center aisle so that I could walk down and just listen in on their conversations. So turn and talk, um, think, pair, share, however you want to call it. Um, Those types of things give everybody voice without necessarily having to listen to like one or two or three people share out their response at this, you know, while everyone's listening passively. I like that. And actually that'll be a, a good uh, transition because the next thing is, you know, the idea of being animated and showing enthusiasm. So when you would have this aisle, did you, were you like Ellen in the classroom and like dancing and, you know, getting the kids attention? Like what are some things that you did? And then we can go around the horn about how we maybe physically show enthusiasm in our classrooms. Uh, No, there was no Ellen. Um, in my, in my aisle, there was no aisle dancing. However, I did fall over a student once. Actually, I fell. What? No. <laughs> I know. I felt, I felt on top of the student actually. Um, Boom. because, okay. So I was being observed and my, and during a writing period. And I, I think I've mentioned in the past how, like, I always reserved my, um, really amazing instructional assistant for writing workshop time because she was just incredibly gifted and she's actually a teacher now, but um, I used her as a second person to do conferences and stuff. So she was always part of my lesson and she would take the outside aisle and I would go down the center aisle. Well, she didn't feel comfortable sitting during my observations. So she got up and she went behind me and I walked backwards and I fell right over her. Like I legit fell over her and on top of the kid. It was so embarrassing to be there with my assistant principal and just knowing that like I could have crushed my first grader. It was bad. Hey, what are um, you doing over there? Yeah, no, no dancing, just, you know, amazing acrobatics for me. So, so that aside, how, how have you actually brought and, and even speak to now how you maybe are animated and how you conduct PD with adult learners. So, so what does it look like for you? Well, if anyone's ever seen me present, I am very fidgety, which can probably be extremely distracting. I talk with my hands a lot. Um, Nothing wrong with that. I'm always very smiley. and More people and need just, to smile. And and I really think that um, I really embrace most learning experiences, whether I'm part of the instruction or just there to, to be the learner. Um, so I try to find something that everyone can get out of what I'm, I'm sharing. Um, and I try to invite in as many people as possible to share their experiences with um, whether it's the technology or, you know, whatever it is that I'm talking about um, in, in that PD for the day. AJ, what does it look like for you? A lot of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, first of all, greeting my students at the door. 
is what kind of brings the enthusiasm in. You know, just saying what's up, giving a high five, hand pound. High fives and fist bumps make the world go round. That's it, right? I mean, I think that's really how I start class every day. I really like to meet my students at the door. It kind of brings my energy up when I see when I see them. You know, they're not dragging in. They're not just walking in, having a seat. Um, so when I get there, you know, I, I kind of like to start my class with not a joke, but just a moment where we're all like, okay. It's like that deep breath that you take, you know what I mean? So it's just that moment of like comfort. So I try to do something in my classroom to just make my students feel comfortable, whether it's talking about the weekend or something I heard in the news or a moment for me that was ridiculous, embarrassing, whatever, you know, just something to make them feel comfortable. So once I kind of like grab them with that kind of hook, then I feel like the whole class is going to go well. You know, and when I feel like students can see that I'm speaking and letting myself out there, that they are more open to putting themselves out there as well. So, so for me, I, I think that works, you know, when I'm presenting or doing those kind of things as well, I just try to bring a lot of humor in because I know for teachers, we don't always want to be at certain workshops, even though we sign up for them. I feel like we all need those moments. So bring a lot of humor into that as well. Acting like a fool or making mistakes myself. Wait, you know, so you don't have to be all serious, all business all the time as an educator? What, what, yeah, what is that's this? Me, Mr. Serious. You, you could, you could tell I'm <clears throat> straightforward. Everything is uh no, I'm a, I'm a goofball in real life and in my classroom. So there's really no difference. That's what I just said to, to some students, you know, this past week. My, my classroom is very much based in humor. Uh, some might even say that it's, it resembles a Vegas lounge act at times. <laughs> Smoky so, and terrible? <laughs> no, you should see the suits I wear. No. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I've never seen you wear a suit. Hey, truth be told, as we record this, I bought three dress shirts today and another pair of dress pants, like with buttons. Oh, not the pants. Oh, the pants have buttons. <laughs> Sweatpants. But I bought three dress shirts so I can either wear ties or bow ties. And I'm probably only going to do this on Tuesday. You cannot wear a bow tie. You're not allowed. That Why is not. That is that is for one man and one man only in your school. No, it's, it's, a, it's a thing. Oh, boy. What if I wear okay. a bow tie he gave me, which he did. That's he gave me a bow tie. Yes, I know he did. It was good. We, we've heard it. <laughs> hey, Joe. That, that's doing? okay. <laughs> um, but actually, real quick, the, the idea of humor. Uh, AJ, I'm going to give you a second to think. Well, no, I'm not. Uh, when you decide to tell a joke, what is your go-to joke in the classroom that like, all right, I, it's my joke. I, I tell it. Why you think? Because I, you're thinking. I'll, I'll tell you one that I just learned. Ready? Stacy, play along. Knock, knock. Who's there? Donna. Donna who? Donna, na, 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 Batman. (laughs) Chris, I appreciate your wait time. Um, (laughs) And I appreciate that joke. Go to joke. (laughs) I mean, my jokes are just straight up like dad jokes, but like, all right, you're going to go to knock, knock joke. I'll go with my knock, knock joke. Right. This This is a good one. So, so go ahead and play along. It's knock, knock. Who's there? Who's there? Woo. Woo. Woo-hoo. Glad you're excited. Let's get this thing started. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I feel like none of that has to do anything with what we were talking about. <laughs> but it totally does. So can I go on to something that has nothing to do with it? Do you um, have a joke? What? What is? No, I don't have jokes. What is a dad joke? Jokes that dads tell. <laughs> yeah, like corny jokes that like you tell little kids that like you try to make them feel comfortable. 
we were having this conversation and we were talking about how um how Doug doesn't have dad jokes and I was like but what technically makes it a dad joke? Ask is your it boys. That it's like totally corny? Yes. A- yeah. A- ask your boys. A- ask your boys about jokes that, that dad tells and see what they think. My husband doesn't tell jokes. We're just not those people. Hey, y'all too serious, man. I know. Why so serious? Good. Lego Batman here. <laughs> hey, did you know that that does not work on Siri anymore? I tried. Ooh. I know. What? I'm very offended. What does it say now? Do it right now. Get it up, get get the mic up here. Let's have fun. And this is all going to stay in. Thank you. You're welcome, people. Uh, hey, Pooter. Hello. That's it. And it doesn't even spell it P-U-T-E-R. It's P-O-U-T-R-E. That's all right. Oh. Let the master try. Let me see what happens. Hold on. Pewter. <laughs> it said, "How can I help you?" That's what it is. It just knows that I am Lego Batman. The end. The end. Hey, Pooter. Hi. Nope. Nothing. Nope. It's, it's got to be me then. So it, that's it. So. May, maybe it's related to the fact that you changed the voice of Siri. Oh, the voice of Siri has always been a male Australian, an Australian male. Huh. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I learned Not something a male new. Man. An Australian man. Just make that on on note. Please, on record, it called me Lego Batman. <laughs> nice. Boom. All right. So, <laughs> Stacy's going to. Alfred is on the 17th floor, caulking the tiles in the second bathroom of the fifth master bedroom. Yes. Oh, you got it. All right. Got All it. right. All right. Moving on. Moving, moving right along. So, moving away from our dad jokes. If you know a good dad joke, make sure you go over to Twitter and use hashtag podcast pd or send us an email at feedback at podcastpd.com and share your best dad joke we'd love to play it here on the podcast uh i guess maybe to start to wrap up how we grab and maintain our students attention as we maybe clearly have lost yours who's listening <laughs> um how do we demonstrate and model the types of responses or tasks that we want our students to perform i feel like for me when i bring technology into the classroom it's doing mini lessons on a, a specific tool or how to do something and then going around and modeling with them or doing small group instruction after I've done maybe a whole class and then just supporting them as best I can in whatever I need them to do. And then even after I've done that, if I need to come back, do whole group projecting something or getting the whole class's attention to make sure that they are successful because that's the ultimate goal. So for me, I, I do that most often with technology. If I'm doing a lecture about uh, something historical, I that's not something I'm going to break down and maybe I'll go over it one-on-one, but I don't think that lends itself to modeling in the classroom because usually we're modeling things we want them to do. And for me, that revolves around technology. No, I like that. And I liked um, in the last episode, AJ talked about how... Um he cycles back to those things, like those pieces of technology so that they can improve upon things. And we were talking about that in the growth mindset um, and how, you know, like they may have tried something with Google sites and may not have been particularly pleased with the outcome, but here's another opportunity. So I think that um, while varying instructional methods is great, I also think giving kids time to develop their skills in a particular area, whether it's content or, you know, a particular tool that they're using is also valuable for kids. 
I think for me, it's just like leading questions, you know, trying to guide them in a way that I think that they should be at. Um, you know, I'll try to like speak with examples so they can agree or disagree or, or, or uh, you know, even extend on, on where, I, where I'm talking or the ideas that we're sharing as a group. So I think giving examples to them really helps put them in a place of, okay, he's talking about this. I need to now shift my thinking to go that way. So I, I, that's the way it works in my classroom. I don't know if that's perfect. I don't know if that always works. I can't say it always does, but you know, it just, those little guiding questions, those little, little snippets of like sneaking in information here and there. And that really speaks to, you know, providing guided practice where, you know, we're monitoring, we're going around and we're trying to, when we see it, we try to deliver immediate corrective feedback. If we want to sound really super technical, (laughs) Which yeah. I think happens a lot in, or, or would happen a lot for you, Stacey, when you're trying to lead and, and teach something that that's tech or, and you have a lot of opportunity to do one-on-one or very small group instruction as it is. So is, mm-hmm. is that, is, is that what it looks like? I mean, it, it depends on the needs of the person that, you know, I'm, I'm helping, but um, it could be anything, but yeah, a lot of times it is, you know, demonstration or, um, a detailed list of procedures to with technology to reach a certain outcome just because sometimes, you know, there are definitely several ways to do things, especially in the Google, but you know, there are also best practices when it comes to technology. And I think that there's a fine way or a fine line between allowing kids to explore and learn bad behaviors or do things incorrectly and then, you know, having some structure to, like, why you do certain things. Yeah, that, that, that makes perfect sense. So let's talk about how, after we've talked lesson, and really, because wherever you are teaching, you have different lesson plan templates, you have different observation models, and every school and district around this country will have different expectations on what the actual lesson plan will look like, but something that's paramount to all teachers, regardless of where or what you teach is the idea of reflecting on what you teach. And I've said even before I got into podcasting that the effective teacher is the reflective teacher. So what does reflection look like for each of you? And of course I I will share as well. Reflection for me happens at the end of every class period. I think my major reflection happens in at, at the end of the day. You know, I'll look back and I'll just say, hey, um, you know, we did this activity. I didn't give this direction that I should have. So next class, we make sure I slide this idea here or a student did this really well. Let me talk about this. And I'll use that throughout the day. Um, I don't like the script, like how I do things in a classroom. Like I don't have to have like first I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this because sometimes it might not flow that way. So I don't want to I want to be able to have my my script, quote unquote, be able to be changed. Uh, I like it to be fluid. So I think for me, when I reflect, I'll say, okay, I have to talk about this because I missed this part one time, or I have to do this because a student asked a really great question. And uh, I really think that the way that they put that is going to be helpful to another student or this project was really uh, terrible. So I'm not going to use this going forward. I'm going to take out some ideas and I want them to do just this. So for, for me, my lessons are the same for my classes, but, you know, I'll change things here and there just because I didn't like the way uh, the class started or 
how the work in the middle was, you know, not, there wasn't enough engagement or the students were not working as hard as I thought they could be. So for me, every class period, I'm reflecting on something that I can change. And then at the end of the day, I kind of just sit back with my little notepad and I'll say, okay, um, what do I want to do tomorrow to make this, you know, stick? And what do I want to do for myself to make sure that I'm doing a better job in whatever manner I want to improve as an educator? I, I am with you on that. And uh, definitely I have, you know, changed the do now from one period to the next period or, you know, where, where I wasn't clear in my directions based on, you know, questions I've gotten. I, I can make that immediate modification with the next group of students that comes in. And I don't think that's something that I even, you know, consciously do. It just, it just makes sense. Like here was something that went wrong or didn't go quite right with the lesson. And the next time I have the opportunity to do it, that's a sticking point for me. And I I make that, that change. And there've been times where I've had to change the same thing, you know, again, even in the third class I teach or in the block schedule again, the next day, you know, where I still don't feel it's quite right. And then I think we all run into that whole, you know, the you sometimes feel bad for the first group of students you teach because they go through all the mistakes and they, they get your first crack at it sometimes. And then by the time you get to the last period or the last block that you teach a lesson, it's it's good. You know, maybe their performance is better or you still run into some unforeseen issue with a lesson. And then uh, I'll just throw it in. Sometimes we have to also find ways to keep ourselves engaged and not be bored teaching it the sixth time. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, it's just also the same thing we do at the end of the year, right? And so the way we reflect and change, you, know, you got to change things on the fly. So, so be it. I mean, we want our students to get the best of us. So we change the lesson here or there. I mean, it's the same work. You don't want the same product to be created. You want a little differentiation. Mm-hmm. So it works. You know, Chris, to your point about like the, like your lesson improving throughout the day. I never really experienced that until I got moved to the middle school. But as an elementary teacher, what you said about just being able to reflect within the lesson and gauge where your kids are in their learning and, you know, the possibility that you might have to reword something or just stop the lesson dead in its track and start the whole thing over from a different angle. Like you have to take that risk, even if it's in the middle of a, um, an observation or, you know, and just reflecting on that, as long as you have a rationale for why you're doing the things that you're doing. Um, now, well, I, you if know. I could just interrupt for one second, the, the idea yeah. of maybe stopping dead in your tracks and, and starting over. Yeah. And AJ, help me out here. I've mm-hmm. never done that or even thought, I don't even think that's possible to do in a, a middle or even specific, really a high school classroom. To be 40 minutes into a lesson and just completely start over. I mean, I, I well, could see maybe reworking 40, the plan like 40 for the minutes next day. in our lessons, it would, the lesson would be almost over because it's only a 52-minute class. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking relatively, you know, for my 80-minute block. But, but I could right. see in an elementary classroom where you've got the one group of students all day, you have the flexibility where you don't have to wait till the next day to get the kids or oh, yeah, you can make that time up super quick. Like you can push other stuff off and, and, and make those adjustments because yep. one team, one, you know, one team, one dream kind of thing. So AJ, do I you really think like that's that. possible or have you ever done that? To scrap something in the middle of a, of a class? No, I never really, really? Like, okay. what if you were just like, like 
you're I mean, clearly like your content is clearly not connecting. Your lesson is just like in the toilet. You wouldn't just stop and regroup. I've only ever over, scrapped it or kind of even recover. But, uh, but to me, that's a pivot. That's not starting the lesson completely over. Yeah, I would find some other questions that I could better right. connect the students' interest or bring in some real world through a YouTube video. Like, okay, I didn't use this last time because, you know, for whatever I'm thinking, I didn't use this because I didn't think it would fit. But maybe this fits better this time with this class. I'll throw a video on for like five minutes to have something like queued up to get them to think a little differently. I don't think I can just scrap something and be like, okay, I got to do this all over again. No. And you said that too, in the, in the last episode that like each class comes with its own personality. So you'll take different risks or like how you lead the class might be different. So I see that. But, but Stacey, I do think that that speaks to the idea of, and and we've all heard it. And and even you who's listening, the idea that you can't go into a lesson having one plan. You have to have plan A, B, C, all the way to, you know, double Z on a spreadsheet (laughs) of, what can I go to or or pivot to if something doesn't go right, if technology fails, if the power goes out, if a kid throws up, whatever the case may be, you know, how are we going to pivot in these lessons? But Yeah, that technology failure as a tech coach and in a one-to-one school, please, please, please plan for plan B and possibly plan C. You just never know. And just to, to speak to actually stopping a lesson – I, I will freely admit that I've only ever done that as a disciplinary response where, you know, for whatever reason, a majority of the class is completely not where I need them to be or doing what I need them to be doing. And a few times in my career, I have stopped class, sit in silence, put the dad hat on and lecture you about your behavior as a whole. And now you can sit in silence till the bell rings. I've done that. That makes sense. And I've had to do that too, you know just discipline issues or behavior problems. But um, back to reflection, quick question. Like, are there questions that you guys ask yourselves formally, informally as you're reflecting? I've asked, I I ask myself sometimes even out loud, you know, what would I do differently next time? Or, you know, when this topic comes up again the following year, what will I do? Or, you know, do I want to do something again tomorrow and push something off? Am I going to make that, that change and, you know, make a tweak and come at them again the next time, the very next time that I see them. Um, but it's really, you know, how can I do it better? Answering, asking some questions like what worked, what didn't work. Yeah. It's always what worked, what didn't work. Did they get it? Uh, were they engaged? What do I need to add next time? Um, what makes this class different than the other class that I just had that this was a total hit? Um, you know, what am I doing tomorrow to, to help them become more engaged? You know, I, that's really how I, I ask those questions myself to myself. Um, but really, I kind of focus on what do I have to do better tomorrow to grab the kids' attention to really make this a dynamite lesson? I think that's really what this all comes down to is – and the whole first part of this very episode. How do we get the kids' attention? How do we get them to buy in from the moment they walk into the classroom or even as they're walking into the classroom to be excited to be there? I forget where I heard this from, but one of the questions that I've even asked myself is, you know, overall, if my students didn't have to come to my class, would they still show up? So not any specific lesson, but if they didn't have to come to Mr. Nessie's World History class, would they still want to come for that class and that time and spend it with me 
and with the pe- other people in the room. Yeah, I think that's a question Dave Burgess asks in uh, Teach Like a Pirate, which is all about um, student engagement and the tricks and uh, and things that you can do to really make sure that your kids want to be in your room all the time. You know, one of the other questions he asks is, you know, would my students buy a, you know, buy a ticket for this lesson? And Ooh, that, that's a yeah. good question. Right? Like, it's just... Should we be charging? <laughs> <laughs> Some good way to like beef up that salary. <laughs> All righty, gents. Do you think? Do you guys have anything else to say on this? I, I don't have anything else. Uh, nothing from me, but I know we would love to hear from you guys, our listeners. Yeah, definitely. So, if there are ways or strategies that you use in addition to the things that we've talked about, please, you know, share that feedback with us. You know, email us feedback at podcastpd.com or head over to podcastpd.com slash 36 and leave a comment on the show notes or message us on Twitter. You guys know all the different ways that you can get at us. Uh, so with that, Stacey, what's next? What are we listening to? So what are you guys currently listening to? AJ, what are you listening to? So I started listening to a newer podcast that is you know, I, I always feel like I'm just kind of grabbing onto the EPN, but I really do love this new podcast called Partial Credit. And Partial Credit has been a nice little uh, change of pace for me as I'm listening to podcasts. So it's hosted by Jeffrey, Donnie, and Jesse. And in this podcast, really, these guys are just talking about pop culture. They're talking about education, and they are really just funny guys that are that are talking about shenanigans. So partial credit so far has had two episodes. Uh, I know the third one's coming out soon. And the first episode, I don't want to give anything away. It's a fantasy draft about education and movies. And it was a great episode. I didn't agree with a lot of the ways they were going. So if you have listened to this episode of partial credit and you have heard the fantasy draft of educators, I would love to hear your opinion. I know they want to hear your opinion too, but, uh, Time out. It was a really on. great episode. AJ, no. AJ, no. <laughs> you're full of baloney. I know why you want to promote this episode and you want people no. to listen to this podcast. No, no, Stacey, no. do you want to hear the real reason why AJ wants people to listen to this show? Of what course you do. It? Everybody, here's why AJ wants people to listen to this episode. Listen very closely. This is the podcast that brings together education, pop culture, and <gasps> shenanigans. So sit back, relax, and earn your partial credit. So, AJ. I know that voice. You're moonlighting. Hold up a second. (laughs) So I had a narcissistic moment. I wanted to hear how I sounded on the intro. (laughs) And I got caught in the episode, and I really enjoyed the episode. (laughs) And I thought it was great. The guys were great. I'm being serious. The guys were great. And I listened to the episode two today while I was doing the lawn. And I'm really a big fan of the things they put out. They are funny dudes, man. They are funny. Good. It's a really, it's really, it's a nice breath of fresh air. And it's a really nice change of pace instead of the education leadership. And like, here's what we have to do to make things better. This is just a nice little, little ideas that will help you. You you also get AJ at the end of the episodes because narcissistically I produce the show. So here's AJ at the end of every episode of partial credit thanks for listening to partial credit 
connect with the podcast and share feedback on our website, partial.credit. If you had fun and got value, make sure you tell someone else about the podcast. Thanks for listening and tune in next time to earn more partial credit. So enough about me. Stacey, what are you listening to? I am, you guys know that I really, really like politics and I listen to um, Pod Save America. Well, Crooked Media, which is the um, company that produces Pod Save America and a host of other shows, recently over the summer came out with a female-centric show called Hysteria. So these women are taking back the word. Um, And if you're not familiar with that, Google it. Um, where that word comes from and the negative connotation it has, and they're trying to reown it. But the women get together, they talk about the Supreme Court nomination and its impact on women's health um, to just what's going on. They have a really funny segment um, where they where they talk, oh, it's called Sorry Not Sorry, where they like judge people's apologies. So, you know, more and more we're finding people who have to apologize for things in the world. And if you um, know anything about women, you know that a lot of times we find ourselves apologizing for just like walking into the wall, you know? And so they, they figure that since they are always apologizing for something that they have the right to judge other people's apologies. So um, it's really kind of interesting. They do a funny little segment called the hill will die on. And then um, they have another segment called, um, I'll have what she's having, and they try to promote things that women are doing, whether they be newer things, older things, movies, books, comedy shows, whatever. It's it's really kind of interesting. It's a little bit of everything, but it's a lot of po- a lot of politics, and uh, I'm totally into it. I think it's a nice little addition there, Stacey. I know that's right up your alley and something you enjoy. Yeah, it's kind of what put me behind because I just totally got into it. But yeah, really, really digging it, Mister Chris. So I am excited to talk about an oldie, but a goodie that really got a lot of this going for me and uh, cereal season three. I am subscribed again to cereal. I totally skipped over season two and I heard you the did? Tr- totally. Sk- I could. I had no interest in that. So that's we'll talk about that off the air. So I resubscribed to cereal. I heard the trailer. I heard it was coming back. And Serial Season 3 drops on Thursday, September 20th. So, obviously, if you're listening to this episode the day it comes out, it's already September 26th, just to put a date stamp on this episode. So, Episode 2 of Season 3 will come out on the 27th, and it's going to be 12, 13 episodes. And uh, the Serial team spent a year in the Cleveland court system, where one of the reasons she admits it in the trailer is they let them record everywhere. Judges chambers, lawyer, they recorded so much that I'm looking forward to getting a real inside look and really taking a look inside the justice system, which would be great for social studies. So it's not one case. Know? I'm sorry. It, it's not any one case. It's just looking at the the justice system, the justice system through the lens of the Cleveland court system. Okay, that's what I was going to ask you. Is there a focus on something in particular or is it just the whole thing? That's, that's good, though. That sounds really interesting. I'm going to grab onto that one. I yeah, didn't listen to either. Yeah, she talked a lot about like just um, the failings of the legal system in the United States. Yeah, if you're not subscribed, go check out the teaser, which will be wherever you subscribe to podcasts. When you subscribe to it, get the season three teaser. And that two and a half, three and a half minutes will hopefully get you interested in it. And 
Yeah. I'm really looking forward to listening to it. Me too. Super excited. I remember when I saw that it had downloaded in my, um, in my podcast catcher, I, I immediately went and boxed you guys before I even listened to finish listening to the trailer because you are the reason I, I was, went to resubscribe to it because of you. So yeah, I was so excited because it's been a while. It's been a really long time since season two, which I, I understand a lot of people were not thrilled with. Um, but I listened to the whole thing yeah. and this season just seems like a little bit of embedded. So if you're an NPR listener and you listen to embedded, it seems like they're taking that route this time. And I will just so. trust the opinion of anybody in this world who's got like 140,000 unlistened to podcast episodes. So I know where you're coming from, Stacey. So I trust you. Yeah. I'm excited. So what's Super that excited. number again? I, we're, we're almost done here. So what, what is that I, number? Because so my official before the number, summer, it was 1749. Then it was 1729. 10 weeks later, where are we at just a week later? We put a dent in this thing. Do we throw a rock at it? What's going on? It's been two weeks. It's been two weeks. Um, yeah. So I'm at 1763. What was that again? Say it say a little louder, a little clearer. One, seven, six, three. But that's what? because I also just added the two podcasts that AJ said he was listening to. Oh, my goodness. The one with Danny Bauer and um, Dan Krynas. So I added both of those today. And yeah, I also spent the entire weekend listening to a book as opposed to a podcast. So I'm back to my old habits. Books in the afternoon, podcasts in the morning, books on the weekends. There's a the song there behind. <laughs> That's a lot of podcasts, Daisy. I know. Well, you guys didn't help me last time. Get rid of like the junk. AJ, so. what's your number? Just even though you he stream doesn't download everything. anything. Yeah, you don't streams. download anything. I, I actually turned off the badge, so I don't know what the number would be. Oh, we'll play the game next do. next week. I will turn on. I will turn on the badge for next week, and I will let you know if there is a number. What it is? I, I do. I look. I told you guys. I subscribe to everything I listen to. I don't go by episodes because if I want to grab something later on, so I subscribe to a whole bunch of podcasts. But I don't listen to them on a constant basis. Well, neither does Stacy. I guess so it doesn't make a difference. I, Your difference is you don't have a number. You don't have a badge. Just letting you know. You've got I'll give you a badge number next week. Right. Next time. Next time. Next time. All right. Speaking of next time, we have to end this time to get to next time. So. If there's nothing else, Stacy, you want to take us home? I will put you all to sleep. Say goodnight, Christopher. Good night, Christopher. <laughs> Say goodbye, AJ. Goodbye, AJ. Goodbye, Podcast BD. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Podcast PD. For links to all the resources mentioned in this and every episode, please visit our website podcastpd.com you can connect with me on twitter and instagram at aj bianco and i also blog at ajbianco.me you can connect with me on twitter i am mr nessie and i would love it if you also checked out the house of ed tech podcast over on chrisnessie.com you can connect with me on twitter and instagram at irontech and i blog at irontech.me Connect with Podcast PD on Twitter and Instagram at Podcast PD. We'd also love to have you as a member of our Facebook community. Go to podcastpd.com forward slash Facebook to join. You can help us reach more educators like you by telling someone else about the podcast. So share us with a colleague. And if you do it on social media, please make sure to tag us.
Podcast PD is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcast for educators, podcast by educators. For more podcasts, visit edupodcastnetwork.com. I'm sorry, real quick, real quick. So, you know, so uh, like I spoke to Dan Bauer and I was on his little free Friday coaching thing and he talked about gratitude journals. And then all of a sudden on my Facebook feed, there was a gratitude thing there from uh, Brand, Russell Brand. If it wasn't for the accent, I would think Russell Brand and Dan Bauer, same guy.